Welcome to the Over It Podcast. My name is Joby Bowie and on this podcast we're going to be talking all about mental health, anxiety, trauma, depression. I'm very excited about today's guest, Anita Tomeski. She is from the UK. I've known her about 20 odd years. Uh, we used to uh, live together in Greece, uh, working in Fadaraki, working in the bars and living on a beach when we were really young. Um, she's a fantastic woman. Um, she's an NLP master. She's a human and behavior expert she's a mindset coach life coach uh this girl is absolutely phenomenal she's got a story to tell as well so i'm pretty sure that you're going to be excited you're going to get a lot of value from this so let's have a listen to what she's got to say it's really interesting um, that you just said that so hello everyone by the way and thank you i'm really honored to be your first guest thank you so much for inviting me on yeah it's really interesting just as you um you spoke back to um yeah to us in Falaraki and what just came up for me then was I came back from Falaraki after I did my third season covered in psoriasis like head to toe I was covered in psoriasis yeah and um that was I had a lot of anxiety actually in that last year of, of, of being in Falaraki um and I had, um, I had anxiety, I had psoriasis for probably the next, it was head to toe and I managed to heal a lot of it in the first few months once I got back. Um, but yeah, for about probably 15 years, I still had traces of it. It wasn't until I came here um, five years ago that I really healed yeah, the, 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 the skin of, of, the, of the psoriasis, yeah, which is really interesting. It caused a lot of anxiety for you. I remember when I got home from living abroad and being in the sunshine so much, I, I got really depressed. I really mm. didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go to work. You know, I had that such a high... And all of a sudden, it really, really brought me down. And I come back down with a big bump when I got home. And uh, the depression I had was, I didn't really want to wear. The doctor said it was called sad disease. So I was missing the sun. <laughs> um, so it was definitely a, a time where I look back and go, yeah, something was maybe triggered with depression and a bit of anxiety back then as well. And um, But I also look back at it as a time where, it's one of the best times of my life as well. And it just shows you when you have experiences in your life that you can anchor in on that, that energy as well, which is, so even now I still go back to some of them really good times. If I do get down, I do get depressed. I go back and think about them good times and it makes me feel happy, makes me feel with joy and you know, all the friends around us and the support we had. It's a big family, wasn't it? So. Yeah, really, really was, yeah. And you're right, it's, it's you know, and, and all of the work that I do now, you know, in, in, the, in the coaching world is is really learning how to, to we don't experience the highs without, the, the lows come with the highs. And, and as you said, that, that experience of living by the beach, you know, just having fun every day for three months of, of the year, however long we stayed out there, um, and then coming home, I remember just feeling absolutely exhausted. But again, it was best times but the body you know even though I was young then so young not that I'm not anymore, um you know early 20 20 years old um it was a big impact on the body there was a lot of alcohol there was lack of sleep um there was the real abuse of uh, I smoked in those days I remember I was smoking I don't know 60 cigarettes a day or something wow yeah I remember I didn't have a voice and that triggered um <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, that really did trigger the system to um to get into that anxious state, which then caused the, the psoriasis. So, yeah. How long did you suffer with that for? Did you say fifteen years? So yeah, that, that was the, so the first signs of it was yeah from twenty when it, when it triggered then, and yeah, probably about fifteen years. It was yeah, it was it was you know it was noticeable. It was something I was very conscious of on the body. People would, would look at you know I'd have it quite badly on my knees. Um, so what and then when I got like, like, um, it's like, like a skin infection. Is it? So it's um, I guess the, the most common thing to liken it to. Potentially, like something like eczema, maybe. Right. You know, so it's. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, it might be a, yes. bit a clearer picture. So, so how did you get yes. over that? Um, so, initially, when I came back, um, I went to see a skin specialist. So, it was ointments and putting oils on and the rest of it. And at that time, I wasn't aware of, um, I wasn't aware of the emotional body, that side of things. So once I came over to Australia 15 years later, the, the kind of the last bit of it was really realizing that um, for me it was um, changing, coming over here for me, um, I was a lot more relaxed. So it, it, it seemingly would look like the environment, yeah, you know, I, I came and I, I traveled and I wasn't working, I was living by the beach and I was calmer, my system had calmed down. So in turn from, from a calmer system, um, that the skin healed itself. I was in the sunshine. Um, yeah, and I was living a much slower pace of life. So seemingly, you know, it's the sun and, and the beach and all the rest of it, but but it's the impact of, of all of that that, that helped to, to calm the immune system. It shows you what stress does to the body. When you when you put yourself in a certain environment and your mindset's in a negative place, it really does affect your out your outer world. So if we can help people understand what's going on on their inside and if we can get them in a better environment maybe we can help them get over certain situations whatever they might be going through um so yeah it's definitely worth let's delve into that that subject a little bit more about the mindset mm -hmm. the body i know you're you're super um, knowledgeable on this which is why i brought you on and um so i'd love to get an insight of what can people do to really um overcome the anxiety the trauma what what do they need to do on a daily basis like let's delve into maybe delve into that if you if you want yeah absolutely so you know a really important thing to say is is you know part of the story my story was was coming over here then the um you know i was relaxed i was having a good time um the skin you know started to fully heal itself but then what happened actually in fact was um you know a year or two in, into being here um the reality then was this became my reality whereas at first it was more of kind of like a honeymoon period and it was enjoying it and then and then the the, the kind of day-to-day reality of life set in again and for me it was it was about changing my whole career i didn't want to do um the corporate job that i'd done back home i really wanted to to become a coach and start doing all of this work so there was a period of, of real you know uncertainty was i going to make enough money from this was all the, so actually some anxiety started to to bubble up again so seemingly you know i was now living on this beach and having this great you know dream life but still the anxiety was, was still there because it hadn't actually really been dealt with at, at the real core. Um, it settled for a little while and then again some struggles came up. So then for me what happened was, was that I really started to um, work with a coach, um, go on courses, 
and really start to get to the core of, 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 of what the anxiety was all, all on behalf of in the first place. Yeah. Um, which, which I would recommend to anyone to, you know, if they really want to cure themselves of, of this stuff and, 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 and heal themselves, is, it's important to know where it's come from. It's important to, to be able to work with a, with a professional to be able to, to, to unpick what, what's gone on. Because it seems like it might have been something that happened 10 years ago or, you know, or however long that was. But, but these things will go back to childhood most of the time. It will be something in our childhood. You know, we wouldn't have known that there was, to call it anxiety back then, but probably that, that would have started back then. Butterflies in the stomach, we would have learned how to do anxiety at a much younger age. Yeah, it's quite funny when you're talking about younger age. First thing that comes up for me there is that all we hear when we're children is no, 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 <laughs> We probably get told no a million times before we're five years of age. So programming starts really young and all of a sudden it can just form into these these negative states of mind and thinking and thinking of situations in a in a bad light when they might not be that way and all of a sudden that can trigger stuff going forward into your adult life as well i know many people who i've i've been speaking to and dealing with that it all goes as you say it suddenly finds something that triggers back into their childhood absolutely yeah it's a big one and, and just as you say it today i was um i was out and about in bondi and, and this this child probably about four years old came running up to near my friend and and went to punch my friend and you know his dad came running over and was like you can't do that blah 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 and you know my friend said you know what, what why did you want to why, why did you want to punch me and after a bit of, of talking to this four-year-old it turned out that he had been watching Rambo and that he wanted to be a superhero like Rambo. So he wasn't, for him at four years old, he doesn't know that punching's bad, but as you say, you know, straight away, that, that it was, that's a bad thing to do. No, and, no. you know, just, just as what you said, it's like that, that will lock in at that, at that age and, and there will be an anchor, you know, at a very young age that locks in that that's, that's not allowed, that's bad, if you've been bad. And for a, a child at that age to be told that, there's potential real trauma for, for that child. Um, and then, then the conditioning starts and we hear it and we hear it and we hear it. So it's, it's a really tough one. I actually really feel for parents. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, all of my friends, yeah. got, I'm probably the only one in my group who hasn't got children. <laughs> so uh, I'm, all of my friends, every time I go around, my brother's got six kids. Um, so but every time I go around there, it's just, it's just fighting and screaming and it's like... The environment is just crazy, and for me, actually, it's a little bit too much <laughs> for me because I'm a bit of an empath as well. So I take things in, and but the kids are just—I mean—and they're just so programmed with computer games now as well, and it's just so different to how we was. You know, even when we were young, we was out playing and and doing stuff, and now kids are just stuck indoors all the time. They're not not getting out in the environment. They're not. It's very hard for them. So yeah, they are getting programmed down when they're very young and it can really affect yeah. kids going forward. And even young young adults now under 25, you know, there's still, there's a lot of people that I'm seeing under 25 suffering with anxiety, depression and mental health now as well because stress of life and things are going around. So maybe let's touch on 
on that a little bit of um, how we can help even just young people. Because I know I've had a lot of young people under 25 mentioning, I can't wait for the podcast to start because I'm really interested in this. And I've also had a lot of older people from 45 down to up to 60 plus all talking about, I can't wait to hear about this because I know I've got so many things going on and it, maybe is it something I've done from when I was young? Is it something that's happened now? How do I get to the trigger point of what's caused my anxiety, what's caused my whatever it may be, depression and stuff like that? So maybe we can talk about trigger points a little bit uh, and just how we, can, how we can sort of move on from, okay, let's find that trigger point, but how do we resolve it what do we say to ourselves what do we have to do with ourselves and our bodies and our minds to to overcome that little bit of anxiety depression mental health whatever it may be that someone might be going through who might be listening to this yeah so so what i'll start with is um so in the work that i do with people and, and, and what worked for me so this is this is also to remember that you know i always say to people that whatever work resonates for you then, then go with that. This isn't to say that this is, you know, this is 100% going to work for you. Because um, some people actually don't agree. With, yeah. So, so this is this is something that has worked for me, and it's it's it, it it works for my clients, and it has worked for many people. Um, and so, if we take anxiety for example, what really did help for me was even changing the language around it. So, I. You know, I used to say I'm an anxious person. I have anxiety, um, and then I just changed that to um, learn. You know, learning about learning through all of the work that I've done, um, how the mind runs, how the programming starts. It's 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 a strategy. So it's something that anxiety was something that I did. It's something I do rather than it's something I have or I am. I I'm not anxiety. It's something I do. So part of the work that I did um, and my coaches recommended for me was was to actually work out the strategy. So how do I actually do anxiety? And it was really breaking it down. And this is what I work with clients on. So for me, there was um, a sense of the first thing in the morning was when anxiety would start for me. So on waking, it would be, for me, it was um, my stomach, you know, butterflies, uh, knots in the stomach, the mind racing. Um, so the practice for me was to start to explore exactly so to really break that down how that starts so what i found for myself was and this took a while it wasn't like necessarily you know this takes time because it, it runs on autopilot the anxiety had been running for years on autopilot so it's not to say this is going to make sense to you straight away um but once you can start to be more aware of of, of, of your waking moments so for me i would wake up in the morning and I would really notice the first moment would be very calm. It would just be blissful. I'd wake up that first moment of complete just calmness, waking state. And within seconds, for me, what came first was, was a thought. So my mind would turn on. So the minute there was a sense of this bliss, you know, this calmness, it was like the pattern then was to, to, to start thinking. So what have I got to do today? What have I, you know, just thought after thought after thought. And then what would what would happen is the thought would come and then the body would then respond to that. So the thought then triggers the sensation in the body. And then the then the thoughts are around what's happening in the body now. And why is this happening? And you know, I've got anxiety again, blah, blah, blah. So then it just, you know, turns into this this cycle of thought, feeling, thought, feeling, thought, feeling. Um, just running, 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 running. 
Um, so, so what anxiety is, is it is, it's basically when we're thinking of worst case scenarios in the future. So if, if we can be totally present, and we'll get onto this a little bit more because it's obviously everything that we know not to do. Um, so when we can be totally present, we won't experience anxiety. Anxiety does not exist mm -hmm. in the present moment. Anxiety only exists in mind. We only ever experience that in, um, in our thinking mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the more present we can be, the less we will experience yes. anxiety. It's all, about, it's all about the pre present. I've been, just been reading the book, uh, The Power of Now fantastic book and just literally all about forgetting what's in the, what's happened in the past focus on now and we will be able to overcome whatever it is that we're going through uh because if you're focusing in now your energy is you're not focusing on the on the pain and negativity and stuff like that so fantastic book highly highly recommend the power of now to everyone it's a really good book it's all about the present and that there for me after so for people who don't know i had a car crash about nine weeks ago um and i had damage on my shoulder my neck um I had a lot of anxiety depression a little bit from it as well but i've also had a few other traumas in my life i got hit by a scaffold fitting from 70 foot um should have died of you know shouldn't be here um so i've been through a few situations but this recent one um this being in the present right now, the reading that book literally got me through it. It's one of the most powerful things I've learned in the, in my time of doing personal development and, and stuff like that, just being here in the now. And even now still, sometimes your thoughts drift off and they go, but if you can bring yourself back into that moment as quick as you can. And how, how do you do that, Toby? For me personally, my way I do it is just I do a five, four, three, two, one rule. So if I feel myself going back, five, four, three, two, one, back in the moment. So I'm here now. So that's 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 my little technique. Five, four, three, two, one is a little. It's an action, isn't it? Obviously, it's a you you class it as like a the rocket ship going off, and it's it's go time. So for me, it's bringing myself back, I'll take that five seconds, breathe, back in the moment. Yeah, so breathe, that's, that's the key to it all. That's, you know, so it's how, how, how does one do that? You know, that's what people ask me, well, how do I do that? Yeah. So if, if that's happening for you, you're noticing yourself going there with the, you know, with the stories, with the past experiences, then that as soon as that's caught, five, four, three, two, one, breathe. So once we're doing that, even that countdown and that, the focus is now no longer able to be in the mind, which yeah. is recalling those stories and bringing, and bringing yourself to, to what, what I was doing as well over the last nine weeks, I was writing everything down. So every time I was having an anxiety attack, panic attack, I was having negative thoughts, whatever it was that was going on in my head, I would just get a pen, paper, and write it down, make, see how I felt about it. Um, so I was really, I was getting it out of, out of me as well. So it was a way of pushing it forward, um, from my point of view of, okay, I don't want to be feeling this. So when it comes up again, I can notice it. So I kept writing it down, writing it down, writing it down. And every time it kept coming in, I was noticing it quicker. 
I let this extra foot go and I was catching him within seconds, not, not a minute, <laughs> which is a long time in thought, uh, but I was catching it in, in a few seconds and all of a sudden I started developing this, this awareness of what was going on. And that really helped me. And then the five, four, three, two, one, the breath back in, back in the moment. How did that make me feel? What was I going through? What did my body feel like? I felt anxious. I felt, felt itty. I felt my brain was, I didn't feel comfortable, whatever it was. And then I just kept, I had a couple of situations. I went to, I went to Ricky, our good friend, um, Ricky. I went over to his, um, wife's birthday party literally just a few weeks after my accident i probably shouldn't have gone out but because it was her birthday i was like yeah i'll come out be good to go and see everyone but within five ten minutes of being there there was a lot of people coming into the room there was a lot of conversations and all of a sudden i was like i'm gonna have a panic attack i could feel it so i had to take myself out of that environment take myself out and then from there Realized what I was going through, and I just, I'm going to go home. Bear if I just take myself out of this environment, and then I just move on. And that for me was something that I, I just worked on myself on that on a daily basis, being it, being aware of being aware. And that, yeah, and that five, four, three, two, one, and the breath just really just helped me. You can even do three, two, one if you. If you want, whatever, whatever works for you. Uh, but I just found that was something that really helped me develop my awareness, my persona of being in present. And um, it's really helped. Um, so, and even again, talking to you as well, you know, we've spoke a few times over the past and that helps talking to people and, you know, just really developing that support around yourself, within yourself and people around you helps as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, and, and when you are with friends or you're with other people as well, again, it, it's, the focus is now not on being in mind. The focus is being present with, with, with people, you know, being there, um, being yeah. there. The only thing that separates us from the present is, is the thing in mind. And so the more that we can be here, whether it's with people or through breath or, you know, whatever works for the person is, 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 is taking us out of yeah, I've been sitting at home I was sitting at home for nine weeks practically on my own <laughs> no one in the house just me myself and four <laughs> not a good combination when I mean, you've just had a big car accident and another trauma in my life I, over my past I think I probably should have died about six times I think I've spoken to you about this so I've had a lot of stuff going on um, and then all I kept thinking about was not again Okay, why am I going through this again? Why am I going through this again? But every time I've had something traumatic happen to me, I can put back to that point and say, it's propelled me forward in the, into something very positive. So now I've, I've just, I've got two new job roles come in, a new car coming in, I've got more money coming in now. I, two months of not working, not having any income coming in after an accident. It was a bit like, what do I do? But it just was something I'm not used to. Obviously, I'm used to quite working quite hard and doing well. And But this just was, for me, it was just so an unknown environment. And now everything's really changing. I can look back at that 
day and go, I'm actually quite grateful because it's now become a very positive. So any, no matter what you're going through, guys, when you're listening to this, stay strong, stay positive because it will get better. And, yeah. and actually, I'm really on, you know, on that, Joby, and what, what you say, and obviously my whole experience of knowing you and everything that you have been through is there's, there's, we talked about earlier, as I mentioned, when we were in those anxious times, we were in mind and we're playing out worst case scenario thinking. So that's a thinking pattern. So in, in my type of coaching that I do is I work with people on um, identifying and reflecting back to what, what their key thinking, habitual thinking patterns are. One that is a strong driver for people with anxiety is worst case scenario thinking. So with you, although you, you, you have experiences of, of doing anxiety as well, there is quite a strong, um, a strong part of you that does the, the best case scenario thinking as well, which is what allows you to, to then have that positive. So I'm going to, even though something negative's happened, I'm going to be positive about it. So for you, for some reason, for how many years, probably back, you've learned to do that from, from quite yeah. a young age, whereas some people will be stronger in the worst case and may not have had yes. you know, the same experiences. Or it had you have been, a, been driven by that worst case scenario thinking all the way without the best case, you wouldn't be where you are today. So it just really shows that, and, and as you said, you know, to take that, that what has happened to you, and then allow that best case scenario optimism. Um, it, it's it's all it's all meaning. It's the meaning you've made of it. You know, you've made the meaning of it, but it's a positive thing. So rather than seeing it as a bad thing, yeah, turning it into a good thing, and then having Absolutely. a great experience. Yeah. After my accident twelve years ago, where I got hit by the scaffold fitting, that's when I really found personal development, mindset work reading, listening, uh, watching, whatever it may be. I just had to get out of that. Back to that time, let's go back to that. I had 18 months off work. I had big 49 metal staples in my head. Um, so it was, a, it was a tough time. Deep, dark, lost money, lost everything, lost a girlfriend. You know, just it was everything that could happen. It was just a downward spiral. And I was just like, I've got to get out of this situation. How can I do it? What do I need to do? And that's when I just started looking at mindset work and personal development. And since then, I've just been studying it near enough every day. There's probably not a day where I don't read something or watch something and getting myself into that environment of positivity. The first thing I normally do is waking up, I put a positive audio, audio on, excuse me, positive audio and listen to something positive be thankful, be grateful. Um, like every day for me is an absolute blessing. Like I shouldn't be here sitting here talking to you right now. Um, so every day is a blessing. So over the years, what I've learned is just taking five, 10 minutes a day or whatever it is to be grateful, to be thankful, and really listening to something positive to lift your vibrational energy, to lift your, your mood and put some good music on or whatever it may be, all these little things, it's the ripple effect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's to see, it's to see the, the experiences we've had rather than, than labelling any of them bad or good or whatever, wrong or right, that shouldn't have happened. It's to go, well, it's got me here to, to, to right now. So it's kind of, you know, it turns into to, to the, it's the evolution, the evolution of me rather than 
Yeah, absolutely. The bad and the good. It brought um, me to, to here for now. Yeah, really looking at this time of, of growth, uh, personal development. Um, I feel stronger now in my mind and my my spirituality, my consciousness than than ever before. Um, so you, my bad day has now become a good day again. <laughs> and I'm, I'm very excited about it. So if I can do this, and you've got through a lot of stuff, I'm sure the people who are watching this and listening to this can get through um, stuff as well. You know, and we'll be here to help and support. And Anita will give you some... Um, a little offer at the end, uh, um, how you can work with her and talk and, um, and we'll be here to support anyone that needs it as well. This is what over it, what, what I want to do with this channel over it as well. I want to create a community of people who want to do better, want to change their lives, want to go out and create and, and hopefully we can really build something all together and a good community of just positive people who want to go out and, and really make a difference to the world as well. And I think we're going to be on a good path with, with this as well. So let's delve into a little bit about more about what you do with your job, what you do with your, with your clients a little bit. How can we, how can we help people? Yeah. So what, what I work with people on is whatever they come to me with. So, you know, people will come to me, um, Either they've got anxiety, they've got relationship issues, they've got family issues, they've got, they want to change their job, you know, whatever it is, um, I work with them not on the story of the job or the relationship or the partner or the family. I use the story. The story is relevant until it's not anymore. So, so what happens with, with working one-on-one with clients is they come with, with whatever it is and we set out the goals of, of, of what they would like to, to, to get to achieve from, from coaching. And a lot of the time what we end up with is, is actually it wasn't ever about the, the, the goals. It, it's what I've learned about myself. So through the story, through whatever it is that they've come, come, come to me with, we work on how they're making meaning of language, how their body um, responds to things like anxiety, stress, whatever it is. Um, we work with basically how the mind runs. We work with personality structures. We work with belief systems. So as people tell their story, I work with them and I stop them and I interrupt a lot and I, I bring them to, to to basically help them to bring out of unconscious awareness. So you know we're running ninety five percent most people in their unconscious minds running on autopilot. So all of those patterns that are formed in, in our formative early years, up until the age of seven, we're still running at the age of 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, however old we are until, until we start to, to see them if, if we choose to do that. So really, you know, the work really is, is, is starting to bring the 95% out of here to here. So it will be, you know, literally like I'll be coaching someone and their, their leg might start shaking, you know, why, why, and I'll, you know, why, why is your leg moving at this moment? Oh, I always do that. I always shake my leg or move my foot around and do whatever. And then they'll stop. And then, then it will start again at a different point. So now your leg's moving. Oh, I always do that. And then what we usually get to is I'm feeling quite anxious as I talk about this certain thing. So that's why my leg moves. And I never realized that that's what happened. So what it's doing is it's really helping people to start to see how we run our minds and we run our bodies. And even if it's okay that your leg's shaking, at least you know now that it doesn't just happen, it happens when there's something arising for them, whether it's anxiety. The trigger point that we were talking about a minute ago. Yes. Something, yeah, again, you're saying your leg could shake or, 
whatever, and you, people are not even tying it to to that certain language or whatever it is, that one word or whatever, all of a sudden it starts a trigger in the body. So it's definitely exactly, exactly, yeah. And so I work, I work with them on their the thinking, their thinking patterns as well. So we talked earlier about the worst case, the best case scenario. So the worst case, best case is one. Uh, thinking pattern out of out of 60 so as human beings we have access to 60 different thinking patterns um, but only around five to seven of them will absolutely drive our personality so say someone's uh, more on the best case thinking side um, they don't have access to worst case so they're always optimistic about everything and actually that's not a healthy way to be either the healthiest expression of any of us is, is to have um, is to have balance between the best and worst case. Because if we're just optimistic all the time, we haven't got access to anything else. We will be getting ourselves into situations that you know, you know, we might. So, so for me, that it was quite that was quite a big one for me. I would um, I was in a job. For, so go on. So yeah, I was just going to say yeah, you, so seven on them seven points would be great. But let's I'd love to hear your story first as well. Or you should talk about. Yeah. So I was I was gonna yeah, just gonna say that that you know, best case thinking for me was 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 quite was quite quite a pattern. I grew up um from a young age and I was at boarding school from seven years old. So for whatever reason, you know, I decided that to be optimistic was gonna protect me from from missing my parents or whatever it was at that age. So for me, it was to just be positive, to see, you know, to see the best in everything. I was at boarding school. I was with all my friends. This, that was a story that I was ran. And even up until this day, if anything bad happens, it's like the automatic thing is to go. But what, what's the good in, in what's the good in this? So I can see that I do this now, whereas previously it was just running on autopilot. So what that meant for me for quite a few years was I, I stayed in a job for probably a few years longer than I was I was happy in. But for me, the best case was run going. Pays well, I get to go on seven holidays a year, blah blah blah, and all this other stuff. And and rather than going, actually, I'm going to leave this job. There was so much fear around leaving it, and the best case could just just keep me going with it. So so that's one of the the programs that that, that we work with, um, that I work with in coaching with clients. Another one would be um, perfectionism. Um, uh, you know, if 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 someone's too driven by everything needing to be perfect then it can be a problem you know we we can stop ourselves from getting stuff done and, and a lot of the time perfectionists don't even realize that they're perfectionists because nothing is actually ever perfect enough which was another big one for me when it was pointed out to me i was like well like you know my house was just absolutely perfect but it could never be perfect enough um and i was like well i'm not a perfectionist because it's not perfect ever nothing was ever perfect and then once i could see that I mean, my house is still pretty tidy at the moment, but not not like it, it used to be. It was, I was, you know, if anyone moved anything in my house just slightly, I would I would see that that had been done. So, and that again was was something born from childhood. Um, so, so these are the patterns that um, that I work with with people, people that struggle to make decisions, people that um, contradict themselves in mind. They spend hours thinking of should I do this should I should I should I not do that what's the best thing to do it's like they don't trust themselves at some point in their life they've lost trust in their decision making um, that's called internal mismatching so we're constantly mismatching our own thought process and never getting anything done procrastination for example would be an example of that so that's just a taster of, um, of what I work with so as people speak about whatever's going on for them what they've come into coaching with I'm listening for subtleties in their language that then 
I will bring to their awareness. So there's a perfectionist program running, there's a best case scenario program running, there's an internal mismatching program running, and that's what we work on then. On, once we can see those programs, it's like what you talked about earlier, we're starting to have awareness now. So before it was just happening, now there's a, I can take a step back and I can actually see what's going on and we can't change what we can't see. So now we can start to see it, there's the opportunity now to go into the practices to start to, to, start to change. If, if, and if we don't want to change, fair enough, but at least we can see it now. And then, then there's choice, whereas before there wasn't choice, it was just running. Yes. That's a very good point you mentioned there, that, that one word choice. If we keep our mindset in the past, keep running over the same, same old record, same old record, we're making that choice to stay there. And then we cannot get a different result. If we change that little bit of a thinking, even just for a few minutes a day, just try and change it, try and change it. Build on it, build on it, build on it. You're going to get a different outcome. That's, that's definitely something I've found in my, in my personal journey that when I'm going over something, I'm just getting the same result. I'm not, I'm not moving on anywhere. I'm just going over and over and over and it's just broken record going round and round and round. Uh, but this, when I change my full pattern of actually thinking about the solution, actually thinking about a positive outcome, thinking about gratitude, love, whatever it may be, into that that moment all of a sudden things start to change and things start to turn around for me so i've had i can definitely relate to what, what you're saying there on that that point for sure um, so so there's yeah. Joby, yeah yeah i was going to say that in in itself the word the word choice because we we're not actually we're not actually necessarily brought up to know that there is choice you know, how many people say, well, this is just the way I am, I can't change. Or we'll look at someone and go, well, they've always been like that, they're never going to change. Because this is, you know, this is what we've, we've grown up around. And actually now to, to, to learn about all this stuff and to go, there is actually choice. You know, we're not born like this. And there's the whole nature-nurture conundrum, you know, what's what. We don't actually really know what, what the percentages are around that. Regardless of, of what they are, we can still change. We're not born with. You know, we're not born with anxiety. We're not actually born with these thinking patterns. We're not born thinking. You know, we're born as you know, we're human beings. Born consciousness. Yeah, we're born genius. Yeah. We go and do and create anything that we want. Look at little kids. They can learn five languages when when they're young. We try to learn the language now, and it's our full pounds getting getting away of us. And um, it's it definitely just goes back to that mindset thing of whatever it is that we want to achieve we can just got to be focused be here now in the present and definitely for that so let's touch a little bit about them let's really go into them seven points you said that uh people go through let's break them down one by one if that's if that's all right so what what are the seven points and how how can people use them to to go forward so sorry, which seven points? You said there's seven behaviours. We said there were sixty behaviours. Oh, sorry, yes. There's only only seven sorry. that we normally use. So so yeah, so, so I'll, I'll explain it. Um, maybe a little bit a little bit more clearly now. So so basically, there's there's sixty of the programs, 
and they are um, they're all available to us. So through our conditioning, through those first formative years about you know our environment, all the rest of it, our peers, our parents, our friends, whatever it is in in, in those younger years, we we subconsciously or consciously at that age choose out of the 60 patterns of thinking there will be a choice of, of, of around five to seven of these mm -hmm. so so your seven are going to be different from my seven okay. um, someone else's seven is going to be different so basically what they do is they're a collection of thinking patterns that become habitual okay. so we, we learn to do them and we do them and do them and do them over again and again and again and then they start to run so each each one is going to have seven um, seven different patterns that form basically our personality. You said for you meant that there was a, a seven, like a general seven that everyone everyone uses, but everyone has their own different seven. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. So yes. what? So what six of them, and we say again. Or do you know what your seven are? Um, I do know. Yes. Um, so for me, so. I can give you, yeah, a top line view of, 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 of what my, and, and I say, you know, when I first started doing this work, they were a lot more, um, a lot more pronounced, whereas now, obviously, there's, there's, there's a lot more balance in them. So, so once we start doing this work, that's what we choose to do, there's an opportunity there for, for integration, for balance. Um, so each, each one, so stick to them, and each one operates at, at two ends. So in theory, there's 120 of these. So out of the 120, yeah, so there's two ends of them. So if we say best case scenario and worst case scenario. So for me, mine was best case scenario thinking. Um, I did internal mismatching. I did external mismatching. I did um, internal authority. Um, I did perfection. I did options. So it's not going to make that much sense because it's just yeah. a top line view. Um, but they were mine. They were they were my my main drivers. Um, so th throughout this time, that has been the work that I have done on myself to basically practice the other the other end of them to get to gain flexibility. So with all of these, what I do with my clients is is if they are someone who, for example, runs internal mismatching, which is the one where we struggle to make decisions, we spend a lot of time in our heads. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go to the gym? Should I not go to the gym? Should I order this on the menu? Should I order that on the menu? You know, whatever that is. Should I move countries? Should I change jobs? Should I be with my partner? Should I not? So we go small big. So what I work with with, um, with my clients on that one is, uh, and what I worked on myself with, was starting off with, with seeing that this is something that we do. How many hours a day are we wasting or you know, spending in our minds trying to make these decisions? And then the practice, once we can identify this, is to then go away and start. So whilst we're internally mismatching, the, the opportunity then is to start matching. So go with the first thought that comes to mind. So I'm going to order this thing on the menu and just order it. Yeah. Because if we look at this thing, how, how actually, how, how much of a, you know, a life, how much impact is this going to have on our life by, by choosing one thing on the menu versus the impact that, 20 minutes might, might, might make on our life whilst we can't decide, you know, so it's things like that. So what I do with my clients is we start small. Yeah, five yeah. or three, two, one, make a decision. That's it, go. Yeah, yeah. And just know, and this is it, it's like that first decision that's, that's made, that's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like the gut decision. It's the first thing that's come to you, trust it. I say, trust the gut. 
you know, trust, trust it, just trust the gut, cut the butt, because then the butt comes in. But I might prefer to eat that, or you know. So, so whilst clients come to me and they're saying, you know, I want to make a decision on whether I should stay with my partner or move countries, and it's like, if you can't make a decision on what to order on a menu, you've got no chance of making a decision on a, what country you're going to live in. So it's like we start small. So go away this week and practice just trusting yourself to go to the gym, to not go to the gym, make a decision. And that's it. And it's like start small and then the bigger decisions just do themselves in the end. Because by starting small, we're changing the neural pathways in, in, in our mind. We're now, we're now starting to, to be able to trust more. And rather than this neural pathway of not knowing and, and you know, having no trust in self, contradicting self, that's what we do. So it's not that we can't, that we don't know what to order on the menu. It's just the habit is to, to, to contradict yourself. Yeah. So, so that's, that's it. Brilliant thing what you just spoke about, Ed, the neuro pathways. This is so important. Um, let's touch on this and why people should understand it. When you're actually learning something or making a new decision that we're, let's go into how the neuro pathways, without going scientific, obviously, but without what they're doing, you know, and why they're so important because when we make a new decision or when we do something from the unknown or when we do, when we learn something new, we're forming new pathways in our brain. That means we're growing. That means our brain's evolving. And so I'd love for you to touch on this because I can talk about this for absolutely hours as well. <laughs> so I'd love to get your insight on, on that and what people can do on a, why not just to understand it scientifically because that's a lot of people won't understand that but in basic terms what it means for us growing and getting over whatever it may be that that decision or that anxiety that trauma whatever it may be how that can help us yeah so so if we look at it you know really simplistically so if we look at how many times we have the same thoughts so if our, if, our, if our thinking is to think in the worst case scenario, and we've been doing that for all of our lives since we were like five years old, whatever that is, it's like, you know, comparing it to walking in the snow in the same path, you know, hundreds of times. So those footmarks stay there and they get deeper and deeper and deeper. So you, if, you just, if you can picture that in, as happening in your mind, so I'm going to do worst case scenario thinking for 20 years, for 30 years, you know, how many years. Think how, how, how entrenched then that footmark is going to be in the snow. We keep doing the same thing day after day, day after day, day after day. So that's as simplistically as, as you can be explained. So now we're changing that. We're going to start thinking best case scenario thinking, for example. So then that becomes the practice. So then again, it's like we've changed the path of the snow and it's coming a different way. And just as you practice your way into worst case scenario thinking for that many years, you become an expert thinking the worst all the time. Now there's a slow process and it's not necessarily going to be as slow or as, let's say, as long as the, the 20, 30, 40 years. It's going to take a little while, but it's, if you really keep at it, it's not going to take as long as, as, as long as you've been alive today. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is you're creating a, a new path. So slowly, slowly, you know, there will be lighter steps on the snow at first and they will just get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you've created, you know, a, a different way of thinking. Thinking positive. So that's, that's, yeah, thinking positive. Yeah, so, thinking positive. 
yeah so so and then and then so what happens with that is is you've, you've done the worst case and then you, you're now doing the extremities you're doing the other side of that so now you're doing the optimism the best case scenario thinking and then after a while once you become a, you know really good at doing that and you've already become really good at doing that then there's balance then you're at, you're at, at, at the middle point again so sometimes you might need being you know positive all the time again Sometimes you need a little bit of the other as well. So it just brings you back into balance so that you have access to, to both ends of the scale. And that's what it's all about, you know. And then a step on from that, if we really want to, you know, let's go on, on to that next level, is, is, is presence, is being here. So, so whilst we're in either best case or worst case scenario thinking, we're actually still in mind because we're still actually in here. and We're not actually here in presence. So... You know, the next level on from that, if you choose to go there, is just to be here, you know? Because even in, in, in best case scenario thinking, we can still be, you know, our bodies can still be creating excitement, which can sometimes look the same in the body as anxiety, you know? Butterflies in the stomach. Someone's at the top of a roller coaster or whatever it is. They're excited, they're nervous, they've got butterflies. It's just the labels that we're now putting on the, on the, on the sensations in the body. So... You know, there's choice there. Let's, you know, either practice that end or, or when people are ready, be here. Be here and realize that anything that is going on ever in mind, even positive things, whatever, it's still construction. It's not actually being with what is really happening right now in, in presence, which is, you know, that bringing back to breath, being here with, with, with what is in, in this moment. You know, what can I see? What can I hear um, at every moment? Yeah, it's fantastic. So we spoke a little bit about labels there. Um, I know a couple of people have said that they've been labelled with like ADHD and, and stuff like that. But like, let's maybe talk about that. Like, end of the day, it's just a label. It doesn't mean anything to it's just someone giving you that label. How can people get over that? Um, how can people get away from the labels even though they might have been given it but thinking differently and um and what does it actually mean yeah and you know i'll, I'll give an example of, of of something that for some my experience was when i was growing up being told i was dyslexic um and you know there's people that i work with now that that come to me with you know I'm, i really struggle I've, you know, I think I'm dyslexic or, you know, ADHD or anxiety or whatever that is. And actually, I, I want to explore something different. I'm on tablets. I don't want to be on the meds anymore, whatever that is. So, um, and again, that's absolutely, if people were taking medication, I would never say not to take it. That's that you go to a doctor and, and do what you need to do. There's, there's nothing, you know, that I, I would ever recommend in terms of that side of things. But what I do alongside that is if people want help around it, is again, it's, it's really a practice of, um, how much is it impacting you um, to have to, to, to have this to have the for some people they actually get relief from 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 hearing that there is there's a diagnosis for something and if that helps them through that then that's you know that's all well and good um, but when people come to me what we do is we work on um, so say for dyslexia it's like well so how's your dyslexia impacting you day to day well when I'm at work, um, you know, there'll be someone standing over me and they'll want something really quickly and I'm, you know, trying to get it, but I know that my dyslexia is really holding me back because I can't spell this thing properly or I'm just a bit slower at doing stuff. So then we go through, well, what's that process for you? And they might say, well, 
I'm in my mind and I'm really stressing myself out over this. And it's like, well, no wonder you're slowing yourself down if, you, if you're in your mind stressing about it. So it's like, again, it comes back to, can you take a breath in this moment? Can you be there in that moment? So really bring self out of mind into presence through breath. And something that um, I do with, with a lot of my, my clients is, um, so it's called GASP, so G-A-S-P. Okay. So it's something I think you, you, we might have done on the workshop. Yes. Joby. Um, so it, it's basically, it's pretty simple. Um, GASP, G-A-S-P. So the way that we use this is in, it, the offer is, is in times of stress, anxiety, overwhelm, um, someone standing over you, panic, someone's having a go at you, whatever that is, excitement when we want to bring ourselves back to presence, just like you talked about your 5421. The offer here is, is, is when you notice yourself in those states to, and you might notice say a shortness of breath, a gasp. So use the G to ground, to ground yourself. Mm -hmm. So if that's feeling your feet on the ground, if it's, you know, if it's a physical touching, just being with your, you know, whatever that is. If you're on your keyboard, um, feeling the, the sensations of, of the keys as you're tapping. So all of this is bringing out of, of mind into, into body, into presence. Yeah. So you're no longer in your thinking mind. So G is to ground yourself wherever you are through your feet. Um, a is, is, is awareness. So have awareness or, um, you know, whether you're in the office, the air conditioning, you can hear the air conditioning, um, someone's talking to you, someone's shouting at you, whatever that is, you're, you're coming into your awareness, into what's S is for senses and sensations. So what can I hear? What can I see? What can I smell? Um, so again, it's bringing out of your, it's bringing out of your thinking mind into the presence through, through your awareness, through everything that's available to you in your external environment or even your internal sensations in the body. So again, out of thinking mind into, into presence. And P is for posture. So the more that we can sit up straight, shoulders back, the more that we can, um, you know, when we're hunched over like this, we, we're not, it's going to be harder to, 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 to be in presence. Yeah, you like that in the fetal position, whatever. So the more open you can be with your with your posture, your heart's open, whatever that is, the the easier it will be to to experience. But you're breathing better because your your, your organs are, you know, they've got space now to allow that breath to come down. So that's an offer. G A S P gasp. So again, if if someone's having that moment um, of, of whether it's ADHD they're experiencing, you know, dyslexia they're having someone standing over, whatever that is, the offer here is. Can you can you follow that process to bring yourself back to here? And then someone's standing over you; they're just standing there. Then you know it's it's not. I'm not talking to myself about what they're thinking about me or whatever that is, or I'm stupid or I'm you know dyslexic. I'm I'm able to get this done actually probably quicker now because I'm now not talking to myself about it. I'm able to be with with, with the job in hand. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Ground awareness, sensation, posture. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, so we are roughly about an hour. So we said we'd only go for about an hour. So we could talk for absolutely hours about this. I, I love it. Um, I love the information you've given. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving us your time. Uh, but how can people um, contact you? If people want to work with you, what do they have to do? Um, is there a certain offer if we can give them if they come through this webinar or whatever? 
wherever it may be. Um, it's down over to you, really. Just, yeah, love it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so if anyone would like to get in touch with me, I'm going to have my Instagram and my Facebook pages. Um, you can contact me down below on those. Um, and what I'm doing today is I'm offering anyone who would like to have a complimentary, be about a 30-minute coaching conversation with me over the phone, um, over the phone, over Zoom, um, Skype, whatever it is, in person if you're in Bondi. Um, so there's an offer there. So please get in touch if you'd like to. Today's, what's today? The 22nd of September. How long will that offer run for? So if people can get in touch um, in the next 48 hours, yeah okay yeah that was that enough time yeah yeah well i'm gonna should have this up to today on the day of recording this 20 seconds i should be out this afternoon so what do you want to say like tuesday wednesday couple of yeah, days go wednesday, go wednesday. Yeah, go. three days from filming this so wednesday that'll be the 20th will be the 25th 25th yeah. perfect so guys you've got three days uh, to get a complimentary um, session with Vanita, and I promise you, it is going to help you no matter what. I've been working with Vanita for a while now, and she's fantastic. I promise you, you're going to get a lot of value. So, and then go and work with her as well. All right. So, Vanita, thank you, my darling. I love you to see you as always and talk, and um, and we'll go from there. Cheers, guys. This is your over yeah. podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Joining us. Thank you so much for having me on.